Devos. Welcome to episode 11 of the Mia Sun Wrote in English podcast. Uh, joining me today once again is Maurice House. After a very long delay, um, I want to apologize, folks. Uh, my mother grew terribly ill all of a sudden, and uh, my intentions for this great big huge Beva uh, Bay Bayern podcast all went to crap because I had to be at the hospital for about a week with her. Um, she is doing well. She is on the mend. And uh, saying that, we finally get to bring you our thoughts on um, a very nice victory over Beibao Bay, although it probably wasn't quite as tidy as it could have been. And we're also going to do some chatting about Dimanshaft. Uh, Yogi loves decision problems, in quotes, of course, for Russia. And what the ZFB group might end up looking like as well as a few uh, random things here and there. Uh, first of all, Maurice, um, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. I'm so happy you could be here with me. Um, what, what, what's your feelings about uh, Robert Lewandowski's new hairstyle? <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that, that is quite a shocker. I mean, this is even more shocking than when Mats Hummels got that blonde hair. And I was, I was, I was, um, I spent like legitimately 15 minutes um, right before the podcast looking up to see what the track record is for a sport, a sport celebrities going blonde. And I didn't actually find something, but it has to be terrible, right? I mean, who got blonde hair and actually performed solid or good afterwards I, I can't remember anyone <laughs> I actually I actually stumbled on on a story about Romania in the 1998 World Cup when they all went blonde and that didn't go it didn't go very well, well. <laughs> no <laughs> so <laughs> maybe Lewandowski can kind of break rhythm here you know but but as Lewandowski points out it's not blonde he went gray you wow. Know, that, that, yeah. So, so you know, this that, is that might be even worse, right? right? Uh, either way, we're charting some new territory here. Definitely. I mean, he's so good looking, and he has beautiful hair. It never moves ever, right? You never see his hair move ever. <laughs> so, so, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe Anna was bored one day. I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, girl, <laughs> girls, girls get bored and girls do that crap all the time. Ooh, <laughs> I got nothing to do. Let's have orange hair. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah. But yeah, so, so far for me, it's definitely a, uh, a hair don't. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Did you did you see that one uh, Photoshop picture where they uh, photoshopped the the hairstyle from Arturo Vidal on the head of Lewandowski? Oh, no. <laughs> that, that sounds was... like that sounds like something that Toby from our website would do too, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. So Toby Toby is awesome, awesome with the Photoshop, especially when it comes to putting he should. <laughs> You know what he should do, and we have to tell him after this. He needs to put Dante's hair on Robert. You know his big <laughs> <laughs> You know his big yeah. thing doing that. <laughs> that. That might work out even better than the, than the gray hair. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that's a little silliness. And there's a little bit more silliness coming out of the United States after they failed to qualify for the World Cup. Um <laughs> 
Okay, so this is... Maurice, you were with me when we were chatting about um, doing, like, uh, a seeded tournament, like the NCAA, like the basketball tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Was that the last one or the one before? Yeah, that was the last one. I think it was the last one, right? Okay, so yeah. so keeping that in mind... Um, the U.S. Soccer Federation and and one of their marketing park partners is now looking into doing like the NIT World Cup here in the United States. The NIT, uh, for German fans who don't know, or or uh, American fans who don't watch college basketball. So the big the big tournament that we have is the NCAA, you know, college basketball tournament. If you don't make it into those 64 teams, they have a national invitational tournament which is called the NIT, which is basically the losers tournament, right? So yeah. <laughs> the US Soccer Federation and and uh SA, or I think it's SAM, their marketing partner, they want to bring like an NIT-style World Cup competition to the United States with all the people that didn't make it into the World Cup in Russia. Oh, that would be great. I mean, at least you got you got Italy now. You got you got Holland. the Netherlands now. Yeah. You got you got uh, Chile now, and then of course you can also count in Uzbekistan uh, <laughs> and Austria. <laughs> or, or Austria, yeah. <laughs> no, that's such a come on. That's that's a horrible idea. No, it really is a horrible idea because I don't think any of the good teams will come, and so they will really end up playing like um, American Samoa and teams like that, and right. nobody wants to watch that. And I, I, I can't, I don't think that, for example, uh, Dortmund will say, "Yeah, Pulisic, uh, you can miss the first part of our training uh, of our team activities because you you play with your national team for some uh, very questionable <laughs> national invitational tournament." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, that was my biggest, po okay, two, my do, two big bones of contention was, one, that clubs that go on big preseason tours and stuff are not going to release their players to play in this tournament, right? Because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no way, no way. It's just money for no FIFA, way. that's it, right? So FIFA will probably... And pro probably not even FIFA, right? Because they, they, they would go, like, around FIFA if that's possible. I don't know if there are, like, any any obligations from, like, the U.S. Um, national team to FIFA or if they can just, like, go around FIFA and invite them on, like, their own behalf. I don't know, but... Yeah, just more money for the for the U.S. team. <laughs> right. Second, second point of contention were that teams like Italy and Holland would say, "No effing way, we're not doing this bullshit." But yeah, um, one of the journalists in Holland, who's a, who's a huge Bayern Munich supporter, said that um, the Dutch the Dutch are kind of positive about about doing something like that. Which what really? Yeah, and I was I was I was a little I was a little bit shocked when I read that this morning, and I can't quite believe it, but okay. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and then okay, so there were two points, but there's a third point. Three, it's goddamn embarrassing. Like, take the summer to think about why you didn't get in the World Cup in the first place, and start making changes so you can get in the next one, and not join some stupid 
Invitational Tournament. Like, it's like the She Believes Tournament that had, like, Germany, France, the United States, you know, the big women's teams playing for no goddamn yeah. reason. For no goddamn reason other than to make money for the federations and for FIFA. It doesn't make yeah, any yeah. sense. It's, no, I, I, can, I can see that happening, like, in a, in a real way where... Italy and Holland would actually send out their best players to, to play there. No, yeah. no way. Yeah, no way. And thank God uh, Arjen Robin retired and he doesn't have to be a part of that embarrassing <laughs> and, and even And even, even if they do it, I mean, like, what would be the TV ratings? Like, like I know that the World Cup is, like, a, at least a big thing in, in uh, American TV, but... Who would watch that invitational tournament? I, I, like, what would be the ratings of watching like a, a washed down Netherlands side playing against like? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who, who would watch that. You, you would be, Def- you would be surprised at the amount of Americans that could watch because if you think about really? it, the, the, <laughs> judging from my Twitter feed, yeah. I, and I'm just disgusted by the whole thing. I mean, because think about it. For for us here in the States, Russia is uh, eight to ten hours ahead of us, right? Yeah, okay. As far okay. as matches go. So if you played matches here at night, no worries. You know, it's it's it wouldn't – I mean, schedule-wise, it wouldn't be a conflict at all as, okay. far, as, yeah. as far as American broadcasting. Still – I think it's all bullshit. And please, I mean, I'm not a supporter of the U.S. men's national team. I never have been. I never will be. I know that's really, really difficult for a lot of people to take, considering I am an American. But uh, back when I was a little kid, uh, U.S. never qualified for a damn thing. So if I wanted, if I had a team to pick, you know, in international competition. It was either Brazil, which I'm actually a citizen of, of the country, or or Germany, which my entire heritage comes from. And yeah, yeah, sure. I think I started out as a little kid because uh, I started going to Brazil in the mid-70s. And uh, I started out Brazil, but um, you'll hear a story in a second. I quick, quickly switched um, in the late 70s to Germany, and I've never looked back. It's just always been that way. I mean, mm, granted, sure. if I don't have anything to watch and I watch them, yeah, of course, I want them to win. But I, I don't have any burning desire and I don't do any stupid, I believe that we can win chance or any of that. Like, no. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that my heritage is, is, you know, one of the best teams on the planet that has ever played the game. So I consider myself very fortunate and I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> anyway, okay, before, so. right. And before we, um, before we delve into Bay, a little bit, a little bit about the fandom as well. So, I have a friend. Um, his name is Steve Bernasconi. He did a really neat soccer tour for like eight months across the United States in a minivan that he slept in and made like his little home and went to go see absolutely everything in the United States at all levels. Uh, he used to. He used to be in uh, social management for uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers, and this is kind of where my story begins. Um, 
he posted pictures from Lockhart Stadium, which is the venerable, real, well, old for Florida stadium where the Fort Lauderdale Strikers used to play. Um, of course, the team folded. They missed last season after their Brazilian investor basically just shut the team down. Uh, decided not to put any more money into it and and really had promised uh, the strikers a lot and didn't deliver on anything. So Lockhart Stadium has been shuttered for over a year. And the, the pictures that he posted of the pitch, I mean, there are there are bushes now as big as a house on that pitch. Oh. <laughs> and it's only it's been a year, right? And this has a lot to do with Florida weather and everything grows literally like weeds here very 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 quickly. But it was um it was really kind of sad to see um Fort Lauderdale Strikers if you if you look at um uh, American soccer history. It, what, they were a venerable team, um, you know, through the through the seventies into the early eighties, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and this is where my story begins. The first time I went to go see the Fort Lauderdale Strikers was back in nineteen seventy nine, and um, I had played um, soccer like at physical education. It wasn't anything organized at all. It was basically just 20 kids hovering around a ball or running away. You know, I was like six mm. years old <laughs> or whatever, or running as far away from it as possible. <laughs> and, uh, and Gerd Muller joined, joined the strikers and, uh, he was German and we were German. So we went to go see him. Right. And, and I really have this neat experience. I was only like seven years old where, um, I walked out from underneath the tunnel between the bleachers and I walk out and there's this, the green, green, there's no greener grass and in Florida, right? Like the green, (laughs) green grass of Florida and the yellow and red hooped kits that they wore. And just, and then all the, all the people in the stands had these yellow t-shirts that said, I'm a striker liker on it. Right. And I was just in the, blue Florida sky and just all these colors. And I was really, really entranced. Right. I was like, wow, this is cool. And, uh, it took me about 10 minutes to decide that I was a striker liker too. Right. And I, <laughs> I begged sure. my mom for one of those t-shirts and I wore that thing till it literally fell off of me. And I think I probably, <laughs> I think I probably picked it out of the rag pile a few times as well. <laughs> right? I could still wear this. This is fine. <laughs> so, 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 Immediately, you know, and I latched on to Gerd, and then through that, I started learning about German football history, and 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 through that, I got to Bayern Munich, and then I realized, like all my half of my family is Bavarian, right? And they're all Bayern, mm-hmm. they're all Bayern Munich supporters. Sure. So they would send us like clippings and stuff to talk about matches and my mom would read them to me and uh and we had a program on public television here that came on every sunday that was soccer made in germany and they played a bundesliga match every week which was really 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 neat yeah to get to get like that far back so quickly I became not only not only a Mannschaft supporter but also a Bayern Munich supporter. 
Um, and and that developed into going to see my first Bayern Munich match at Olympiastadion back in 1984. And really, oh. after that, I was hooked, like absolutely <laughs> hooked. You know, and it, it was so really difficult, I think, um, to watch football live. You didn't really get to see anything unless it was Champions League. Um, until like the mid but always in my mind or always when we visited Germany if there was an opportunity I would get to go see a match and then really since like 2005 or 6 have I been able to really watch on a continuous basis right like week in week out Mm, and I haven't missed a Bayern Munich match live since 2007 that is just unbelievable. <laughs> that is that is like really, really unbelievable. I mean, I've seen <laughs> every single one. I, I mean, it, watched... will be, it will be so hard to find like even like a diehard Bayern Munich supporter in Germany who can who can say that from himself. I mean, like two, two thousand seven. It's like ten years now, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, yeah, and I was lucky at the time. I mean, I worked for ESPN and I got to travel over there all the time. But really, all of my holidays were spent around um, Bayern matches. I wouldn't schedule flights. There was yeah. only one time I watched a Bayern Munich match on a flight, and I think they played Wolfsburg. I can't remember what year it was, but it was a fl- I was taking a flight to L.A., and the whole plane was asleep. It was early in the morning. <laughs> and I forgot who scored, but Bayern scored, and I yelped, and I woke <laughs> the entire plane (laughs) the stewardess is like are you okay and I'm like oh yeah Bayern Munich just scored yay and everybody's like what (laughs) and everybody's like what the hell is wrong with this girl (laughs) anyway so so um Maurice how 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 did you come across your fandom well, of course, I don't have like that that Cinderella story that you have. <laughs> <laughs> My story is like I think it's a little bit, uh, yeah, n- not all that uh, interesting. <laughs> but but um, I, I actually I actually got to like Bayern because. Um, I basically because also all of my family were huge Bayern supporters like from from the beginning and also um, yeah most of the friends at my at my kindergarten and at, at my school were also Bayern fans and that's just like how you get to know basically Bayern then you know like I got my first uh, kit that was like that um, like the one that looks like the current away jersey that yep. was like my first jersey that I got and I had also had the had the shorts to go along with it nice. and so I was always running around with with that sh- and <laughs> and yeah then maybe like the first like part of the season that I can like recall today is like probably the the finale of the Bundesliga in 2000 when uh, they played um when they played um, against, I think, a Stuttgart on the second to last match day. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, like Leverkusen, they, no, they played. And then Leverkusen had uh, had that all, 
uh, whole uh, yeah when they lost to Unterhaching and so that was that was really cool and I, I <laughs> that was basically like the first time that I I noticed and uh, or that I yeah that I, that I can remember and that was like so unbelievable coming back um, and winning the Bundesliga back then and so I started to watch more games the following season and then of course the the 2001 Champions League finale which was the first game that I that I watched like like the whole 90 minutes basically and then my mom told me to go into bed when when it had extra time and I was like on the stairs trying to, to watch the game <laughs> no I don't want to go to bed mommy oh that's so uh, awesome <laughs> who was your, yeah. um, who was your who was your childhood idols growing up uh, Bayern. Uh, definitely Giovanni Elba. Giovanni Elba was like my favorite Bayern player, of, like all the way till he left the club. Um, I, I really, I really uh, liked him. Uh, and yeah, that was oh, oh, actually a, a little story that I that I can tell um, is when we had uh, friends or family lived in Munich, and so um, every time we went to Munich, we we did not go to a game actually, which was a little bit sad. But uh, we always would go to uh, Sebener Straße. Um, where they had like the public uh, public practices. practices and yeah w one of those days we were there and well when the practice was over we were like going through the facilities and we went up the stairs and some some guy from Bayern came and he g gave me like all those uh, signed uh, autograph cards <gasps> and uh, from like all the players and I was like really psyched looking through all of them and then I realized that Giovanni Elba was not in there there was no Giovanni Elba in there <laughs> and I was like oh no that, that can't be right I mean he was by far my favorite player and he was not in there and so I was like psyched but also a little bit sad because he was not in there and then my, my dad was like yeah let's come on let's uh, keep on going and we continued our tour through the facilities and when we went up um, like another level suddenly uh, Uli Hoeneß came down uh, from, from the stairs and um like I was way too way too afraid to say anything, but my dad was like, "Yeah, Mr. Hoeneß, my son, he just got the like that stack of autographed cards, but there's not no card of his favorite player, Giovanni Elba, in there. Uh, can you do something about that?" And Uli Hoeneß was actually really sweet. He said, "Yeah, of course." And he just went behind the door and got two autographed cards from Giovanni Elba and brought them to me. So oh, that is a really that's good. So awesome. <laughs> that is like the only romantic fan story that I can tell. But it was. For me as a little guy, I was like maybe like six years old back then. That was like that meant the world for me, actually. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And and Hunis is uh, I've only encountered him once as well. But as an adult and I had the same sort of like just awestruck sort of. Yeah, definitely. I have some very good friends in Munich that have uh, gold club seats, right? Oh, mm -hmm. I'm the luckiest girl in the world, right? And I, I get <laughs> I get invited when I'm over to, to sit in those seats all the time. And this was during um this was uh Wiesen uh Wiesenzeit. It was during Oktoberfest. Oh nice. <laughs> and I'm in talk and uh I'm meeting I'm meeting the guys there, they have the same assigned table and whatever I know exactly where everything is, right? And I'm going to walk in the door to VIP and Uli Honus opens the door for me. 
<laughs> and I'm, well, a, right, right. I'm a little right. drunk. I'm probably like three moss deep already on the day, right? <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> and I just, like my eyes popped open and I just went, oh, shit. <laughs> like out loud. And I actually bowed, like put my hands before me and bowed down before. <laughs> 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 I was like, I own this. I know the end there, right? <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> And I walk, yeah. and and he's burst out laughing because I'm the dumb American. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I I was laughing so hard I was crying. I mean, it took me a good twenty minutes <laughs> to be able to compose myself. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, <laughs> enough with the funny stories. <laughs> Let's uh, uh <laughs> these are great though. Let's get on to uh. Bay, 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 right? Sure. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> Bit more serious. Not really that much, but <clears throat> serious voice now. <laughs> <laughs> Before the last international break, um, Bebo Bay and Byron were uh, two sides opposite of where they stood at match day eleven. Byron was busy giving up consecutive two goal leads, while Dortmund sat atop the Bundesliga table. Of course, they went into this match um, on top of the table and uh, stretched their lead even further. Uh, what's your What's your just overall feeling about the match, Maurice? Um, well, I, um, I thought like maybe it wasn't like this huge um, tactical. Um, tactical game that, that we had in the past when Bayern and Dortmund faced off and maybe we'll get into that a little bit later but I still enjoyed the match a lot um, I thought it was fun fun to watch um, with a lot of chances on, on both sides and it was it was one of the first matches in that season that really got me like all excited of course the, the Leipzig game as well but um, I think Bay4B also um, did a really good job of entertaining me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely was an entertaining match, and I think it lived up to its bill in that respect. Um, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about some tactical stuff later. Um, uh, but first, I'm going to run through the goals really quick. Um, at 17 minutes, Aryan Robbins scored. Um, Fantastic, of course, left-footed goal with an assist from James Rodriguez. Uh, Bayern doubled their leave at, at 37 minutes with a Robert Lewandowski score and a lovely uh, Joshua Kimmich assist. And then in the second half on 67 minutes, that's weird, it's all sevens, it's like it was preordained, <laughs> um, David Alaba uh, got on the board with uh, James Rodriguez's second assist of the day. Dortmund was able to grab one back at the end of the match at 88 minutes. Uh, Mark Bartra scoring with a Gonzalo Castro assist. Um, let's get into this a little bit tactically. So, um, Spiel für Lager- oh, I can never say it. I always get tongue twisted. Spiel für Lagerung called it a very weak tactical game. Um, how did the four three three work better for Henkes than for Boss, or did it? And uh, like you said before, this is a little bit different tactically than we're used to seeing these these two teams playing. Yeah, I just think, um, of course, if you, if you look back maybe at last season or the season prior, you of course you had two um, 
yeah, to to really football minds on your on the opposing sides with um, with Tuchel and Guardiola trying to micromanage every part of the pitch, trying to you know outclass their opponent, like Tuchel maybe trying to show, hey, you know maybe I'm the best uh, coach in the Bundesliga, and Guardiola obviously trying to to secure his spot as, as the best uh, best uh, manager in the Bundesliga. Um, so those games were always um, really, really um, had had strong tactical background, and actually this game right now was was not um, was not that much. Um, you know, uh, concerned with tactics. At least it seemed that way. Um, as you said, both teams put out a formation that looked like a four-three-three. Maybe you can talk about Dortmund rather being in a four-two-three-one rather than a four-three-three, but um, basically pretty, pretty uh, much the same. Um, I think the. The, the biggest concern for Dortmund in the match was um, when, um, you know, when, of course, with uh, Piszczek being injured, that they have to had to put uh, Mark Bartra as the right back because um, he has uh, such a huge um, speed disadvantage if you compare it to like Kingsley Coman, who was who he was um, who was on the on the opposite side, and that was like. I think that was a huge part already, and you you can see that that on on the right side for for Dortmund um, that there were so many um, like direct take-ons from from Coleman against uh, Mark Bartra, where where the the Spaniard did did not stand any chance basically because he's just he's just too slow and um, also yeah um, there was no no like support for him from from midfield so Yamolenko played like one one step ahead of him but he did a pretty poor job like covering him so Alaba was pretty Alaba could go by Yamolenko pretty easily and then it was like Alaba and uh, and Coleman together against Batra and that that didn't did not work out at all and I think that was that was a huge part that um, because the, the first goal actually started on that left Bayern flank with um, with Coleman and Alaba and also the third game of uh, third goal of course also came from from an Alaba cross and I think basically um, Dortmund was outclassed on that on that right side in, in that match and even on the left side a little bit I mean it, it- it's it was going to be a little bit different for uh, Kimmich facing Pulisic, right? Yeah, sure. But um, but still, course. but still, Kimmich Kimmich stood up uh, pretty uh, pretty well. Um, a good defensive performance by him, and 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 the play with he he and Robin on Bayern's right was also very fruitful. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, they they had some some really nice um, connections there. Uh, just, but mainly because of their like individual class as well. And I think on the left, you could more see that uh, uh, that uh, Bayern could take advantage there of of maybe a weak link in that in that Dortmund team. So um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about how it worked uh, tactically uh, in just a second. Uh, but we're gonna speak about the goals for just a moment. Uh, Byron seemed to be more clinical than usual, at least to open the match. 
um, it didn't work out so well in the second half. Uh, Robin's opener was the first shot on goal for Bayern, 17 minutes in. And and uh, Robert Lewandowski's uh, the second goal was only the third attempt for the team. After that, things got a little squirrely for Bayern, especially going into and through the second half. Uh, Bevo Bay had plenty of chances, but if you look at the XG map at the end, you might say Bayern came up a little bit lucky. Uh, so the 3-1 scoreline was a little bit maybe... Deceiving. Deceiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the, the match was a, was a lot closer than, than uh, like the 3-0 lead that Bayern had for large parts of the game. Um, just uh, like you said, they... They, um, yeah, they, they they just took advantage of of that of their chances. Um, Robin with that early goal kind of broke like that first um, mental barrier maybe, and then Lewandowski uh, um, hitting that second goal just 20 minutes later. Um, yeah, like you said, it was a third attempt uh, on goal and. Our, our our writer from Mirsan wrote who did like the analysis for the game. Uh, he also wrote that this speaks very well to that to that Bayern Munich mindset coming into those big games, not not needing that many chances to to score. While before uh, Bay actually had probably the bigger chances in 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 the game and even in the first half probably, but they weren't able to to. to to actually convert any of those chances, and Bayern, of course, being there when 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 needed most, and it it speaks for itself that uh, Iron Robin scored that scored that opening goal. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, he he owns Borussia Dortmund by now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wembley is certainly he's he's a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I mean, with that goal, he did pass. Um, your favorite childhood idol, Giovanni Elber. Yeah, so I, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> the, I don't like Rob anymore. That's what I meant, right? <laughs> for the no, most, no, just, for the I'm most score, <laughs> for the most goals scored by a non-German. Uh, while and he got to wear the captain's armband. Um, I thought that was a really, really cool gesture from Henkes as well. Yeah, um, but. That, that um, Robin scoring that 93rd goal for Bayern in the Bundesliga now, but um, he won't have that title for all too long because I think Robert Lewandowski is just. No, I, I I don't know it by by heart, but I think it's like he's just six goals back, and at the score at the rate that he's scoring right oh, now, man. I think Robin, it will be like Robin's done. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it will be like maybe till like early March or early February and then then he will be passed by by Lewandowski who's like scoring goals at an unbelievable rate for Bayern so far oh no <laughs> trust me I love me some uh, some Lewandowski but but uh, Aryan Robin is definitely my hero of last uh, many several years yeah <laughs> um, but uh, going going into the second half um, things got a little bit squirrely for Bayern um what what went poorly for them? Uh, to me, it seemed um, they weren't able to defend the break very well. Um, with uh, Christian Pulisic especially able to run rampant through Byron's midfield. <clears throat> what do you what do you make of the uh, performances of Javi Martinez and Thiago? 
Um, well, like you said, I think most of that really goes goes uh, to goes to Pulisic. All the credit has to go to him. I mean, he, he played a, a phenomenal game um, against Bayern. He was like he, he by himself basically created all the all the big big chances for for Dortmund. Um, if it got dangerous for Bayern, he was always involved. And um, yeah, that was because he was. Most of the times he was able to to roam free in in midfield and cover a lot of ground. And yeah, like if we talk about what went wrong for Bayern, so that they that they um, were had problems with with the breaks or with the counterattacks. Well, it's um, it's it's tough to like to to find like the the one thing that that went wrong. But I think it was like. Um, was like a combination of, of several things. Um, maybe the the spacing between midfield and and the, the the defensive line was not as good as it has been in in the uh, past few past few games. And also the the, the pressing at at times was not as as forceful as we've seen it from Bayern under Heinkes in the in the previous matches and so this and also letting Pulisic roam free um, created a lot of chances because Pulisic did a, did a great job finding um, those connections to uh, Yamolenko or um, Aubameyang or um, yeah like basically Castro, Kagawa, all of those guys and so I think um, I think you can basically almost mostly put that on on Pulisic. And now, if we talk about Martinez and Thiago, um, I, I don't know. I think um, Martinez sh- should have maybe had a few. Yeah, it's tough to say that 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 he was he was the reason for for that. And I certainly don't want don't want to blame him. But of course, it is like his space on the pitch where where most of the most of the stuff happens. Where We're, Pulisic right. had that room, um, but I still overall uh, I still think overall Martinez had a had a pretty solid performance. I mean, you still have to face like, I mean, Dortmund is not like um, your everyday opponent, so no, there will be not. some chances. I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree with you uh, with the space in between the midfield and the defense. And, and I kind of hoped we were past that. <laughs> right? yeah. After, after we yeah. kicked Carlo out the door, you know, like I, I kind of hope that, that Byron had gotten past that and, and could play a tighter game. But I'm more inclined to think that um, that both uh, Boss and, and Henkes uh, – just put out their best available 11s and and kind of let them go. Yeah, yeah, it it, it looked like that um, most certainly. Like it didn't, like you mentioned before, it wasn't this this Tuchel and Guardiola tinkering over every half space and every possible slight advantage they could take. They just said, "Here's my guys. Here's your guys. Here's 90 minutes." Do what Let's you go. Will. Do what you will, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and um, something that um, Spielverlagerung also also pointed out was that both teams um, were had a really man-oriented defense on the pitch, like not not um, going to um, that that zone yeah. defense that that we've seen so often in the past, but actually like having like really man-oriented. Um, 
um, yeah, man-oriented uh, defense, and that also speaks for for itself because man orientation always means that it's 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 a one-on-one duel and. If you have the better individual players, you you have the upper hand, and so yeah, I think that is another thing that that points towards this little decline of of tech of tactics in in those those big matches between Bayern and Dortmund. The, so um, so Dortmund were getting their chances. Um, however, this did give Sven Allreich. His his moment to shine, and and boy did he shine! That was a great performance by by Ulreich. Uh Three massive saves kept Bayern on top, and it was a much better measured performance from uh, from the somewhat beleaguered Ulreich, Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, he had that one save against Yamalenko um, early on, which was was really crucial for Bayern. Um, he had some more saves in the second half, and I think like just overall he had a really, really um, good game. The goal by Batra was like that, that stunner. No chance for him there. Um, and other than that, I think he looked he looked really good out there and was a great performance. Like like you already said. Um, another thing we have to mention if we talk about chances for Dortmund was uh, Niklas Süle, who had that unbelievable sliding tackle against <laughs> yes. against Obama Young um, in like the 11th minute yes. and was still tied uh, wow great, great like like um, not as good as Mats Hummels' um, sliding tackle last season against uh, Frankfurt but I mean it's right up there yeah right up for there. sure especially against like a, against like a fast player like Obama Young like wow really cool really good <laughs> Hummels and Sule are turning into to quite a partnership there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Hummels also had a pretty good game. He had like he had one positional mistake when when Yamalenko had that had that chance at goal. Like he, I think he went away from Yamalenko to go towards the uh, player with the ball. I don't know who that was right now, but to, towards the uh, Bay for Bay um, forward. But um, yeah, other than that, um, solid performance by, by Hummels as well. And it's, it's good to see both of them uh, work together and to see that, that it, the combination of those two works really well. Because I think, especially if Heinkes now starts, uh, or as it has been, uh, has Martinez uh, as a midfielder, then I think um, there will be a lot, lots of playing time coming in the way of uh, of Niklas Süle, and that is a great thing, I think. Yeah, for sure, uh, definitely great to have a, a a third option at center back, where it's not this uh, sort of massive drop off. Yeah. Or you have to play with Alaba again in, yeah. in central mid in central defense. Aww. Or Kimmich again in central yeah. defense. Yeah, but we, we don't want to have Rafinha on the right wing, so no, yeah. please please do not put, put Kimmich at center back again. Man, that guy can't catch a break. You know what? Because I really... No, Rafinha is quietly good. And then in matches that he's depended upon, it just kind of goes to, I don't know... Kind of goes to kind of goes to crap sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting to see. Um, <clears throat> before we get into DFB, um, interesting to see uh, Bernard is coming back 
and Ribery is yeah. back with the team. Uh, yeah. Perhaps we'll talk about that um, a little bit later, maybe at the end of the podcast. Uh, but but um, Hankus is is going to have some selection problems on his hands as well going forward, I think. Yeah, um, you can see that. Um, I think, although, uh, although I think um, like Coleman did a really good job um, when uh, Ribéry was out, and I think Ribéry will have to prove himself to be like worthy of that starting spot, especially in that one big game that is still coming up against Dortmund in the in the Pokal. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's like right. like right now, uh, Coleman is easily ahead of him. I think. Yes, absolutely, and I don't think I don't think that Ribery should be granted a starting spot just because of who he is. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which will probably piss off a fair amount of listeners. <laughs> Hi guys, how you doing? <laughs> um, do you have, do you have any other thoughts on? on the Bay Bay match? Um, I just want to shout out to uh, Joshua Kimmich <laughs> real quick um, because um, like he of course had that had that um, stomach thing going on with him which like had him uh, he did not travel with the team to Dortmund um, and like Sky News was uh, telling that he was out of the game and apparently he was feeling better on Saturday and he was like yeah I want to go I want to play and I think that is that is something that is really positive about Joshua Kimmich like his like his mindset and his attitude and that is just like this this stuff that Bayern players needs to be needs need to be made from I think yeah, so shout out sure. to him. You can see him as a future captain as well, right? Most most definitely. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really neat because everybody, all the all the Beba Bay fandom got really excited that Kimmich was not going to be in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I got really scared. <laughs> <laughs> right? And he was like, yeah, the hell with you guys. I'm in. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And and it does it is a testament to to his uh, mental fortitude and how important he wants to be to Bayern Munich in the future. Yeah, most yeah, sure. Shall we uh, move on to DFB? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, <I> like, uh. <laughs> so Die Mannschaft closes out two th- 2017 with two draws, 0-0 uh, against England at Wembley. And uh, two all versus France in Cologne, um, and this means they've played the entire the entirety of 2017 undefeated. Woohoo! Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of saying something, considering you know Confederations Cup title was in there as well. I mean, this is really kind of. This is kind of an amazing thing. This is a good stat. Um, the England match. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be totally honest with you guys. I was with my mom in the nursing home, so I missed the first half. But I saw the second half, and I wasn't really excited. And most everybody said I didn't miss anything the first half. So. <laughs> Um, maybe the maybe the only interesting thing about it is that Lou, uh, Yogi Love tried a back three, but in the France match you could easily see the quality from both teams, and there's a reason why they, along with Brazil, are the punchers' early favorites to grab the trophy in Russia next summer. Would you agree? What'd you take out of the France match? Um. 
yeah, like we already knew that France is good. I think France together with Germany has the best talent pool of players. Um, I think they both have a little bit trouble finding that perfect um, wingback. But other than that, I mean, France has like on offense, like the players that they have. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Mean, you could, you right? could feel like three squads and you still have only top class players for the wings <laughs> and the attacking midfield. So um, they have a huge talent pool and we already knew that. They now they played without uh, Coman, they played without Griezmann. Um, well, they still have Lacazette in, 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 in attack and he scored two goals. Yeah. Um, Anthony so, Marshall came up huge as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, so I mean, yeah. uh, to get Kylian Mbappe had an assist as well. They're just they're ridiculous going forward. They're loaded, like like <laughs> unbelievably loaded on offense, especially. I, I think really the 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 takeaway that I that I got from it, I was really impressed with um, uh, Talisa's performance for France. Okay. Uh, he plays a he played he played a much more like measured controlled football um, than he does when he's at Bayern, and I would kind of like to see that at Bayern Munich instead of sort of taking that that Vidal uh, Terminator box to box role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, looking at that, it it, it was good. Um, there, there's still maybe some key people out um, for Yogi Love and the DFB, but he has plenty of choices going forward. Um, there are yeah. definitely selection troubles ahead, um, but can they really be considered troubles with the talent that he has at hand, Maurice? Nah, I don't. That is like like um, choosing your favorite honeypot from a lot of different honeypots. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so actually, today is like the first time that I actually prepared for for, for the podcast, Woo-hoo! and um, I I, <laughs> I I just looked at at all the players that had um, appearances for Bayer, uh, for for Dortmund. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had appearances for Germany uh, in 2017, and then also players that had performances for Dortmund, uh, for Germany. Wow, this is really hard <laughs> for for Germany in 2016, uh, who who did not play in 2017. And then I looked also at players who went with the German team to Olympia, uh, to the Olympic Games, and also at players who have the best grades by. The renowned German uh, yeah, sports newspaper uh, kicker uh, in this year's Bundesliga season. So I put all of those into a huge uh, Excel sheet and I came up with 58 names. So Jürgen Löw basically now has 58 players to choose from and he has to put that down to like 26 for the first training camp and then even make the number smaller and ha- um, pick out 23 players to head to had to Russia with and that will be that will be a huge task so if if you don't mind I would just go through through all, all of those players um, by position and then you can add your thoughts on on who you think and if I s- tend to disagree then I will just I'll just say so <laughs> right yeah absolutely go ahead <laughs> okay so so in goal um, um, Testing actually got the most appearances this uh, this year. Uh, he got he played ten times for the German national team. Um, 
Leno and Trump also had exp um, appearances, and uh, Neuer was totally out of contention this season. Did not uh, this this year did not play a single game for Germany. So um, I think those four are probably like in the focus for Yogi Löw. Um, at the Olympic Games, he also had Timo Horn from Köln with him. And if you look at this year's uh, kicker's gra uh, kicker grades, then uh, also Ralf Fehrmann and um, Baumann from uh, Hoffenheim also appear on the very top. So what are your thoughts? Who are the three goalies? Because I think that's how many Yogi Löw will take to Russia with him. Who are the three goalies that will that uh, Yogi will take with him to, you know, to the World I, Cup? I kind of liked what I saw out of uh, Kevin Trapp yesterday against France. Against France. Yeah, yeah. He had some re really good saves. Yeah. Um, so, if it were me, <laughs> I might leave Bernd Leno at home. Yeah, yeah, me. I, I tend to agree. Um, so it would be... I, it would be I think the, the only reason for, for Leno to, to go to Russia would be to say, like, Trapp does not play a lot of games for Paris right now, but... Everything points towards a very soon departure from Trump, um, leaving maybe in in the winter break and getting getting a little bit and getting more minutes games and getting half. minutes getting minutes the second half of the season. Wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, I mean, obviously Neuer. If it, yeah, no, no going, question. If, if, no, if, if he's no good question. to go, then he will be. I mean, the, even if he has a broken foot, he still might be going. So, <laughs> even with a broken foot, he might be better than Tersing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, I I would switch that around. I I might. I might leave Leno at home and and just have uh, Ter Stegen and and Trop with Neuer. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I really would have liked for for Löw to to um, nominate uh, Fairman um, last season, yeah. but when he did not um, call him up for the team last season, I don't think he will. And I think like Neuer, Testing, Leno, and Trapp are his four guys, and he will pick three out of those four. And I think no chance for the other ones. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, what what the Bundesliga does really well is produce great German goalkeepers. So there's yep. so there's always going to be somebody, you know, somebody left out or somebody or somebody that may deserve a chance that just can't break it. And then uh, making it more difficult is Yogi Love's uh, tendency to stick with the guys that he knows. Even when there are better, yeah, op yeah. even when there might be better options. So, um, sorry, Timo. Sorry, Oliver. Sorry, Rolf. Not happening. You're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too bad. Too bad. All right. Let, so, let's let's move to if, the uh, wingbacks. Yeah, at, at wingback, um, I put five guys in that category. Although, although like um, Emre Can also played right back, like especially like uh, yesterday, but. I have him in, in uh, holding midfield. So, like, true wingbacks um, were Joshua Kimmich, who had 14 games. He only missed the game yesterday. Before that, he was playing, like, 21 games, um, like, in, uh, in a row uh, without missing a single minute. So, 
I think it's safe to say that he will go to Russia and he will probably also have the starting spot um, on that right side. Then um, on, on the left, uh, Hector with 10 games, Plattenhardt with five games, Henriks with uh, two games from Leverkusen, and then um, newcomer Halstenberg, who played his first game yesterday. Um, there was actually no player from 2016 who didn't make it this season. But um, two guys from the Olympic Games um, back in 2016 were uh, Klostermann from Leipzig and Philipp Max from Augsburg. And I also put in our... Um, our close friend and uh, <laughs> and former best buddy from David Alaba, Mitchell Weiser, because um, <laughs> at least last season he had a good year. So um, who, who you got out of those um, eight players? So Kimmichin and Hector are definitely going. Yeah, no way, no way they don't go. Um, I really, I, 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 I'm kind of becoming a fan of Plattenhardt. <laughs> <laughs> He also has those free kicks. I mean, yeah. I mean, I really like his free kicks. I, I can see him taking taking a good free kick um, in, in 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 a in a close match. Why not? And then, hmm. After that, I don't know if he even. I don't know if he even takes more than three wingbacks to the to the World Cup. I don't know. Maybe well, it just takes I mean, those three, and I mean, then he has like has like Can, uh, Chan and Rudy, who can also play right back. Right. Ain't that, uh, ain't that at least a possibility? I think so. Yeah, yeah, you may be right. Um, I was, I was about to say that as well. He may, he may bring utility players in that that can play right back because obviously, is if Kim, if Kimmich is fit, Kimmich is playing. Period. Yeah. Period. Period. And pretty much, Jonas Hector also has uh, the left side held down. Unfortunately, that's probably the one weak position that uh, uh, that Demanchaft has as well. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Um, left back definitely is the, is the biggest concern. Although um, I think Hector is a, is a quality player. Um, he does not have the best season right now with Cologne, but I think he has shown in the past also at, for the German team that that he can be um, at least a, a solid option on on the left back. And he, out of those players that that I have on here, he is the best left back. I think. Um, yeah, Max has maybe that, but I, I don't think I, I don't see Löw maybe. Yeah, I don't see it. But I think Philipp Max for Augsburg is putting in a, another strong season. Um, but I don't, I don't see him making it. And and Mitch Weiser is probably not going either. I don't think he he like fits the the kind of players that Jogi Löw likes for his team. That is maybe the biggest concern right there. Just like because he he he's a little bit too um, yeah. Um, how do you call it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he's not he's not like a, a typical Jogi Löw player who just like stays put, who knows his place. Um, right. Maybe Weiser always trying to do like, something test else. out where the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Another player that I would have actually put on here, um, but who has been really poor this season, would be Jeremy Tollian from Dortmund. Um, he also was on the Olympic team um, last year, but so far this season he has been really no good at Dortmund and I think that's why Yogi Liv will probably look another way let's um shall we move on to okay so 
with with the with the with the wide positions. We're definitely going oh. Kimmich, Hector, Plattenhardt. Yeah, right now that's that three I will choose. And if we if we now continue to center, I, th- I think we've got a real surprise. Actually, Antonio Rudiger played the most games for Germany in the 2017 <laughs> season as a center back. That is like. I would have never guessed. <laughs> That's yeah, no, I know. I'm look so so Maurice did the spreadsheet and I'm looking at the same thing he's looking at <laughs> and then that that <clears throat> that was a little shocking to me as well. But uh yeah. continue with the with the uh, center back. Yeah. So Rudiger has 11 games, then uh, Matthias Kind has 8 games, Mats Hummels has 7 games, uh, Mustafi uh, Niklas Süle also had 7 games, Mustafi had 5 games and then uh Benny Tövedes and Jerome Boateng, of course, uh, both with several injuries this past year, both only made one appearance for the national team. La- last year, um, Jonathan Tarr from Leverkusen made an appearance. He was not featured this season. And um, last season at the Olympic Games, a player that really stood out to me was uh, Niklas Stark from Berlin. And uh, this season with the kicker grades really good is Willy Orban from, uh, from Leipzig. So out of... All of those, who would you go with? Well, you know that the Bayern three are going. Yeah, no, no, no way to look past them. And then what's he going to take? One, two more? One more? So we also, we already got six positions locked up, right? All we right. got three goalies, three wingbacks. So we're up to six. So that leaves us with, 70, with uh, 17 players left. Um Minus three center backs, we got 14 left. So, yeah, I think maybe just one more. One more, I think. Ooh, man. Rudiger was so bad defensively against France. <laughs> it's not good. He was great going forward. He had some excellent chances going forward. But, but doing the position he's actually supposed to play. <sighs> Matthias Ginter, I mean... All the rest are, there are, (coughs) excuse me, all the rest are problematic at some point. Uh, Would you agree? Am I being really harsh? Well, it's, we we still got a lot of, I think, uh, solid players. Um, I I probably have Mustafi a little bit ahead of the rest right now. Right. I, I would probably go. Like you also said, a Homo Sport tank definitely. Um, Sula, definitely. I think Hervidas is out. He does not play for Turin, so I think he will be out. Um, Ta, I, no, I don't think so. And then it, 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 we're left with Ginter, Rudiger, and Mustafi. Löw seems to like Rudiger, so he might be the choice there. I, I personally would go with Mustafi, I think. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I hate to bag on Antonio Rudiger as well. I don't mean it to sound like like I hate him, because I don't. But I'm just like, he was a little frustrating yesterday. So perhaps it's just freshest in my mind. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so if we're going to choose the four... I mean, I, I would put Mustafi over him, but I know Liv will pick Rüdiger. Yeah, yeah, probably goes like that. 
Yeah. So if you continue to midfield, I put the midfielders in three uh, different categories. I had a defensive midfield, which is like more like central defensive midfield. Then I have a central attacking midfield, and I have the wing positions. So um, we're up to 10 players now, so we've got 13 spots left, and I think we can use most of them for the midfielders. Um, so we're going to start with defensive midfield. Um, Emre Can had the most games. He had the second most games of all German players um, in this past year. He got 13 games. Um, Rudi actually is second. Um, he got he has 12 games. And then it goes on Goretzka, nine. Toni Kroos, six games. Kedira, three games. Gündogan with two appearances. Diago Demmel from Leipzig with one performance. And Weigel also with one game. In 2016, uh, also Christoph Kramer had an appearance. He was obviously not featured this year. And last year on the Olympic team, we had uh, Mo Dahoud, who joined uh, Dortmund this summer. And... The best player, um, or one of the best German players for, uh, for uh, central midfield is actually Dennis Geiger from, uh, from Hoffenheim, who's like, I think, fifth uh, for, for midfielders in the kicker grades. So I put him on here as well. So lots of players to choose from, lots of really good players to choose from. Um, who will make the cut? Well, who do you Kro think? Kroos is obvious. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a definite lock. Kadira, if fit, is obvious. <laughs> oh, wait, are you going another way? Um, Goretzka, for, for, me, the two Goretzka, locks, for me, the two locks would be Kroos is, is definite. And then if he's fit, Gündogan is the second lock. Because those, in my opinion, are the two best uh, midfielders that Germany has right now. Okay. So I think for me, those two are the locks. But Gündogan, of course, has a huge um, uh, injury risk, injury concerns. So, hmm. if not, if tough. not Gundogan, would Kadira be your second lock? I also don't know. I really like. I really like. Uh, I really like Goretzka. Well, I, I, really, really, I would really consider. Like I would consider Goretzka a lock. Yeah. Well, if if we if we pick those four guys now then we're up to 14 we've got nine slots left it's already getting really tough i mean i th i think we can pick five out of those players because i would go with rudy probably because he can also play a right back right if needed but i, I just can't see Löw not going with emre can after he played 30 games for him this year i can't see it yeah uh -huh. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Emre Can, especially not as a right back. I think he is, yeah, I, I, I don't think he should be an option at right back. But I think he also slows down play in defensive midfield for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, this is, this is uh, one of these weird situations where love, love is going to love, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. And it's one of the mo more frustrating things about him. He seems to be getting a little bit better, but he 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 tends to hold on to people that he can count on. You know, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit past their due date, and not and not recognizing um, the young blood or the young guns or or people that are really turning in impressive performances. 
Yeah, yeah, um, that is that 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 always has been his trade, but that also has led him to to well, of course, the success that he had with Germany for for a huge part. But if we pick five guys for for defensive midfield, we just have we just have eight more spots left, so that will be really really tough. I don't I don't know. It's hmm. so we say Goretzka, Kroos, Kimmich, and Gundogan are going right. Right, and Rudy, and then Rudy, uh, Rudy has to go. Yeah, something we can all agree on, I think, is Kramer is definitely out, and I think Diago Dennis is is out as well. Yeah, I don't think those two make it. Weigel, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see it either. Um, for me, it, it is either those those five that we discussed plus uh, Emre Can or without him. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, but you know what he's gonna. But you know what Yogi's gonna do. Okay, so let's do it this but way. But who is so, who is who is Yogi leaving out if if he if he takes uh, John with with him? Rudy. That would be a huge blow. So Rudy will probably be that one guy who who comes with them to like uh, to like Italy. He'll for, be for like he'll the be the twenty six and not the twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So oh. he, he will he will be the guy. He will be the guy who gets to wear the number twenty four for all the friendly matches right before the World Cup, and so everybody knows. Yeah, he's going home. <laughs> oh, that's freaking heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so saying that, saying that. Either Kadir or Gundogan is probably going to be injured. <laughs> <laughs> if we look at it realistically, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. One of the two realistically may miss. Yeah, yeah. And then, we, and then we can be happy and bring Rudy along. I mean, so so you know, we're saying what we're saying two things. We're saying what Love would do and what we would do, which is not. Not the same, same thing. thing. Right, correct. <laughs> and uh, Dahoud is really interesting, and I would actually, I would enjoy having him be a part. Yeah, can you believe that he has not been with the German national team for a single game? That's he's crazy. only played so far for the for the youth teams. Uh, right. That's really crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> right. I, mean, I had to look it up. <laughs> maybe, maybe he... No. I mean, if Love gets bored with his internationals, and you know, I mean, think about it. There's still a whole six months. So there's, what, three more international cycles? Correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But the last one will be, like, right in front of the World Cup, I think. Right. And the, that'll be his, his 23. That'll be his full team. Yep. Yep. So there's there's two more cycles where a couple of guys could get looks and he's done Love has done a decent job I think so far of trying to blood um positions as well. I mean better yeah. than he, better than he has in the past. Yeah, yeah. I I think this summer with the with the um with the U21s and his senior team going at the same time you know, and both winning, uh, kind of, kind of showed that he has uh, many more options than he thought may be available to him. And it, I think it opened his eyes a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Because just both teams performed so well. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, and you have that huge talent. Who, like, like I said, you have basically fifty-eight guys, and I, 
I even left out some players. So choosing from maybe like 60 guys is it's unbelievable. Nuts. Yeah, for it's not sure. really. It, it it must be one of the biggest talent pools that that Germany had for 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 like ages. So so let's move on to a central attacking midfield. Yep, let's go there. Um, Last Stindl picking up the most matches there. He got 10 appearances for Germany. Uh, Thomas Müller coming in second with uh, six games played. Then Mesut Özil with five. Armin Yunus with five as well. Kirin Demirbay with two games. And Mario Götze having one game coming on as a sub yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, Max Meyer from Schalke also had a game. Um, he did not feature in any of the games this season and if we look back to the Olympic Games last year um, you have uh, Maxi Arnold from uh, Wolfsburg in there and if you look at the grades from kicker um, Amiri from uh, from Hoffenheim sticks out as one of the top uh, midfielders so those are the guys for central attacking midfield Um, who you got going I think Özil is a lock Müller is a lock you gotta go four can, you got to go, go four. Can we go Stindl? four? Stindl, Müller, Özil, and Götze if he's fit. Yeah, I think Götze is really getting back into stride. I mean, so far this season at Dortmund, I think right next to Pulisic and maybe a little bit in the shadow of Pulisic, he has really gotten back into shape. And he did He did provide the assist for Stindl's uh, second goal. Yeah, that's sports. right. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, lovely to see his, his movement. I mean, I kind of feel I feel bad for the time he had at Bayern and just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah. kind of easy to he's kind of easy to bag on because he leaves himself open to so much. But yep. but, <laughs> but as as a talent and as a wondrous talent, I mean, I think I think those four have to go. Um, if if we go four players there and we go five players in defensive midfield we only have four spots left for the wing and and uh, and uh, the strike oh, striker shit. so i think we can only go with three actually what we have to leave one out i think it will either be i think i think um Löw will look at this and he will see Özil as probably the best true central um, attacking midfielder then Müller, who also has the ability to play yeah. on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Stindl could also be like the backup striker, I think. We, we could see that coming. Right. I think, I think Lars Stindl has been incredible for Germany over the calendar year. Yeah, and definitely. I think, I and think he's, and you have to remember that he played his first game for Germany this year. He did not have any appearances for Germany prior to this year. Ugh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> and he's like, the guy's like 27 right? years old. Yeah. Late bloomer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jonas, he has been on the team like uh, since the whole year. I don't see him going. Really can't see. I, I can't talk myself into taking him no. to, to Russia. He, he seems he really seems like one of those guys who would be like that 25th spot <laughs> because you know he knows the team 
and Yogi Löw doesn't want to bring anyone in who doesn't know the team who, right. who will like maybe say hey I want to go and I, I, I think I have a chance maybe he will take Eunice with him and say mm, you're not good enough but I'll take you with, with me to, to the practice squad and yeah then Demir Bay I don't think either Max Meyer plays, plays now in, in defensive midfield for Schalke um, bold move by Tedesco there um, right. So I don't, I don't think he's going either. And then if you look, um, Arnold, I've never been a huge fan of his game. Amiri seems like a player that Löw would maybe try out. But I don't think before this year's World Cup, but I think right after the World Cup, like in those It'll in that first the, international break after the World Cup, maybe he will bring Amiri to, with him. For the next cycle. Yeah. I think so. For Euro because uh, Because he's a really good player. I, I mean, he is... Probably one of the one of the best midfielders and one of the guys who really gets the gets the motor running there in, in Hoffenheim. How old is Amiri? Do you know offhand? Is he, is he like he's like not older than twenty. Oh yeah, so definitely can bring him in the the. He's not going to yeah, be. He's 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 twenty one actually. He just he, turned twenty one. He's not going to be butt hurt on on missing out. No, no. on this cycle because he's got plenty of football in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of football. So um, we can either go four or three players right uh, there, uh, like we said. T- tough choice. I mean, um, if we're go- if we're going three, how do you leave goods? I, how do you, you leave you goods gotta, out? Actually, you got to go with four. Like. like logic dictates to go with four because you can put Müller on the wing as well. And Stindl as a striker, so they're both sort of utility. Yeah, yeah. And then let, let, let's talk about the wing players, and then we got to make the decision whether we rather have Götze or one of those wing backups. I okay. Think. <laughs> so at, at wing uh, we have um, Draxler, um, who had 13 games. Um, that is second only to Joshua Kimmich from the whole team, and Julian Draxler. Not a big fan of him, but. Uh, had a really, really, really good match yesterday against uh, France, I think. He was like really um, the one player who knew that this was his stage in that game, and I think he really used that well. Um, then uh, next, next in line is uh, Julian Brandt, nine games, Leroy Sané, five games, André Schürrle, two games, and uh, of course the fine game for Lukas Podolski as well, uh, who had one game. Uh, he won't go to, to Russia, of course, no. because he already ended his career. Um, and then last year, uh, you had also Serge Gnabry playing for Germany. Um, he was injured most of this season, so he did not uh, get to um, add any more national team performances. And then you have also two largely injury-prone players in uh, Marco Reus and uh, Karim Bellarabi, who have both featured for the national team numerous times before. So... Another really strong group there. I mean, you have seven players. Um, we have three slots. Yeah, we have easily three slots, I think. So, who you got? You got to take Bro- Draxler and you have to take Sane. Yeah, yeah. You got You got. I think you got to go with Draxler. So you got. You got to. And you got to go with Marco Reus if he's fit. If Marco Reus gets back third. healthy, he, he is 
if he gets back healthy and he gets back into shape, he is the best uh, left wing player in Germany. So yes. I think then you have Royce and you have Traxler as a backup for him. If Royce is not is not totally healthy, then, then you probably go with Brandt. Brandt, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we got Draxler and Sané. Uh -huh. It's like two. Then I think Royce. Royce for me is a lock if he's healthy, but that is a big if. Yeah. Because he's. If you talk about Marco Royce, is like that story is like really sickening. I mean, that story make has to make you sad. Um, the guy is had to be left out of all big tur tournaments for the national team I mean at one point he had to go into that Dortmund locker room and say hello to Kevin Großkreuz who is <laughs> who's a uh, World Cup winner <laughs> who, who's a World Cup winner and himself not being a World Cup winner so um, yeah even though he plays for Dortmund I think that is somebody who, who you can easily feel sympathetic for yeah um, absolutely it's hard I think Bellarabi Bella actually took a little bit of a backseat I think he always was one of like Yogi's favorites, but really did not move the needle for Leverkusen last year either. Um, so yeah, if we take if we take Draxler, Brand, and, and uh, if we take Draxler, Sané, and Royce out of those out of that group, we got three more players, and then we we basically we got a thing whether we'd pick a Götze or Julian Brandt. Yeah. Or Andre Schürrle, of course. Yeah, I mean, I could see him going Schürrle. Oh, I don't like. Sch I, I, hmm. I I said I could see Love going. Schürrle. Yeah, 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 sure, 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 <laughs> sure. <laughs> My particular preference would be otherwise, but. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you could see him go there. You could definitely see him go there. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see what he does. Um. A lot, you know, there are a few of these guys that are on the cusp of it maybe being their last tournament, so. Yeah, so so we have now Draxler, Royce, and Sané, so we're now up to 21 players. So we have two more spots, and those two spots can be either filled by a striker, by Mario Götze, Julian Brandt, or André Schürrle. I think that's what we tend to agree on, right? There's not a lot of spots left. No, no. <laughs> I mean, and there were a lot of tough decisions made already. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So looking, looking at looking at striker. Yeah, looking at striker, we got of course a Timo Werner playing ten games, and I mean, a lot of hate hatred for Timo Werner going on in in Germany, but by far the best striker in Germany right now. No, no, no chance for me to look past him. It's it, he just he hasn't recovered mentally from his his bout with what's he got? He, um, yeah, he had like got that. Yeah, like hmm, what do you call it? Uh, uh, vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mentally, he's not mentally he's not quite there. And I think if you watch if you watch the match against France yesterday, you could see that like. Um, he he had a he had a one v one chance versus the French goalkeeper, and he blinked. Instead, he went he went off the ball because the goalkeeper came out to slide and attack him. Instead of instead of trying to round the keeper, 
and then he'd have an open net. Uh, yeah. Still had still had a goal though. He's got, he he's, he ended up getting yeah yeah he he's ended had, up he's getting a goal. He said yeah. ten games right now. He has seven goals. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And for for me personally, Werner would be a lock. I think so as well. I'm just stating. I'm just stating something. This is this is probably why he's getting yeah, the stick sure. that he's getting sure. in, Ger- in Germany right now. Not to say that that this will still be going on um, seven months from now, or you know, yeah. or going into the and tournament or wherever. He also has he also has those well, seven months to to recover from from like whatever he's 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 facing right now. Right. So lots of time left. Um, so if if we look past Timo Werner, who we both seem to agree on, um, it's. Wagner, Sandra Wagner with seven appearances, Mario Gomez with two appearances, then um, that was all the strikers for this year. Uh, Kevin Folland had some um, some appearances last season, was not featured this year. And one player I want to mention is Maximilian Philipp, who is actually tra- handing in a really nice season um, for, for Dortmund. Um, so he's at least, or I think he should at least be on the on the watch list. I don't know. So Venice definitely going. Venice definitely going. So we got one spot left, and I mean the I obvious don't... choice. Okay, the sympathetic choice for me is Gomez, only because of the button. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a stupid reason, but I don't care. <laughs> but Sandro Wagner seems the obvious. I don't think I don't think Löw picks a, picks a second striker. Oh, just goes with one and then use. I think he goes with Götze or Brandt, and then he says, "Well, I got Schlindel, I got Müller, I got Götze. No. They both, yeah. all of those, don't play really good as a striker, but they can at least do the job if they need to." Okay, I mean. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So Wagner would make like the practice squad, but not the final squad, maybe. Yeah. So we got for the practice squad, we got uh, Rudy with like a really like like in tears. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then we got uh, Armin so Yunus and, and uh, Sandro Wagner. I think it would be really a shame if 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 Rudy didn't make it. And it and if you gave me my choice of Rudy over Chan, I would definitely pick Sebastian Rudy. Of course, we are a little bit biased as well. <laughs> yes, this is totally from, from a point of total neutrality. <laughs> no, but I I appreciated Sebastian Rudy at Hoffenheim as well. Um, yeah, most definitely, most yeah. definitely. And, um, and but, maybe but, and but, maybe but, I don't as, like Chan as much because of of Bayern because hmm. he couldn't quite get it figured out. Yeah, hmm. but but as we both saw, really tough job for Yogi Love to do. Um, I think we also had a really tough job figuring this out. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> if if Yogi is listening, he can he can call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> One 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 more little uh, note of point, and this is, uh, or about uh, Mario Gomez. I just I wish that Love would pull him aside and tell him he wasn't going. Okay, so rather this than is get selfish. his hopes up. Yeah, all the time. so then he could 
come to Bayern and be our backup striker. <laughs> that would work out really well. <laughs> that, that is a great thing. <laughs> this, there, there's a method to my madness, and then and then I'd be happy because I get to push the Gomez button every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, only do it for me, you know, whatever, <laughs> that's fine. It's not too selfish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, any, um, okay. So just a final thought. Where do you think Germany ends up in Russia? I think it's really early to, to, to say, but, um, I think we've got good chances. Um, I think we went over the squad. I think our first 11 is probably right up there with France and Brazil. I think we also got a lot of talent coming from the bench. Um, I mean, you can easily put in, um, like, you know, like if, if Goretzka comes from the bench, that is not a huge drop off. If you put in, I don't know, um, Sané from the bench or Marco Reus from the bench, anytime you can do that, I think you're very well equipped. And I think uh, the semi-final has to be the goal for Germany. And anything more than that is um, would be nice, of course. Icing on the would cake, you? for sure. Yeah, yeah I would or agree. You think, would... Or you think that like, the title has to be like the... the like, is it boom or bust with them? Like, is it title or bust with them? Yeah, I, I mean, I can see them winning the whole thing, but I can also see France doing the same. I can see, and I can see Brazil doing the same as well. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it will be. Ah, uh, for Hummels, Boateng, Kadira, Kadira probably might be the the last World Cup as well. Ah, uh, well, maybe four more years down the road. Oh, I'm gonna cry. The, I'm crying already. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, I, I think it's I think it's it's a little bit early because um, we also have to look at the, the the group stage and like the way that the whole um, the whole um, bracket unfolds. Um, because if you don't get lucky um, and you end up in a bad group or in a bad bracket, then of course all of our thoughts are. For nothing. <laughs> right, right. Um, looking at that really quickly before we uh, let our dear listeners off the hook uh, for the day. Um, yeah. The pots have been assigned. Yep. Of course, there's a little bit of changes. You want me to run through the pots real quick? Um, I don't think we have to go like by by every pot, every team. Um, I think we can just say Germany is in pot one, of course. Um, there are like two really good opponents in to- in pot two with uh, Spain and, and England, who I think nobody wants to face out of that pot one. Right. Um, easiest opponent in pot one, of course, is Russia as a host country. Um, there's a little bit still possible whether Peru qualifies against New Zealand tonight or the next night. I don't know which night they're actually playing. So that can mix up the pots a little bit. Um, and yeah, but I think probably the, the toughest group for Germany would, of course, be together with Spain or with England. And yeah. If, then, if, then from there, looking at pot three, would it would it be okay if they draw Spain? Then they can't draw Denmark. 
Yeah, right. Serbia. Like only, like only two, two, two European teams can be in the same group. And of all other confederations, only one team per group is allowed. So if you, grew, uh, if you draw Denmark, uh, Spain, you can also draw Denmark. That is pretty good because I think Denmark, probably, Denmark and Sweden are probably the best teams from, from uh, part three. Right. So I think maybe, maybe uh, Spain and then... Egypt and Japan or South Korea could be the could be the worst possible draw right there. Costa Rica is not so bad as well. In Costa Rica is not that bad either. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course, you, you don't want to play Uruguay either. If like if, if you if you have the choice, right? I, would, I, would, I wouldn't like <laughs> going against not them. To. Or or Mexico. To be fair, Pot Two is a little bit rough. Period. Yeah, but of I mean, course really, there's the nobody, nobody ideal. I mean, if you were gonna, if, if, if Peru if makes Peru it, qualifies, yeah, I then Peru then you the want to draw, you want to draw Peru in pot two, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think if if Peru qualifies, you want to go like Peru, probably then um, maybe Senegal. I don't know, and right. then Panama. I think that would be the easiest way. I, I mean, of course, the U.S. lost to Panama, so I, I don't know about that, but is it too early? Is it, is it too soon? No, no, it's not too soon. <laughs> there will be some people who beg to disagree, but <laughs> it's not yeah. too soon. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up from there. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm excited for the World Cup already. I mean, all of those qualifying matches were like really, really great. I mean, at one point there were like six games in a row that ended zero to zero, like scoreless. So that that really leaves you excited for the World Cup, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it actually does to me. I mean, I don't know. You know, goals aren't yeah, of course, the only if, thing. If the World Cup is around the corner, then I will be a little bit more excited. Um, <laughs> But right now, I'm, I'm like more excited for club football right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we are getting back to it this weekend against Augsburg. Yep, we are. Um, another Heinkes victory on the way to another triple. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we can all dream a little dream, right? I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm trying not to even say the words. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens when we get into um, uh, knockout stages and Champions League competition. Yeah, and yeah, that like like that was just like a. Of course, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I know, no, but a lot of people uh, after his hiring, a lot of people went there straight away, and I'm like, no, stop, no. Yeah, no, my no. my boss at work, um, he like since day one when Heinkes came back, he is uh, walking down the aisles and he's uh, shouting out a double triple every time that Bayern scores a goal, basically. Uh, so, <laughs> no good. It's no good. <laughs> no good. Don't 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 jinx it, man. <laughs> I think we'll have a. Uh, it, uh, obviously, things are going well on the Yupanges Yip, train, um, but uh, we're really going to have to wait till the end of the Hinrunde uh, to really find out uh, uh, the measure of Bayern going into the winter break. Of course, that very large uh, match with Borussia Dortmund looms. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be entertaining to see them three times in a season, and uh, and really we can we can start to take the measure of what the team will look like after that. Anyway, yeah. for now, 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, with me is Maurice House. He writes for Mia Sun Roots. And uh, Maurice, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Thunder24MH and, of course, on the English and German side from Mia Sun Road. Awesome. And I am your host. I'm not the hostess with the mostest. We decided against that. (laughs) (laughs) By popular demand. (laughs) Back. No, not back. Anyway. Out by popular demand. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host, Suzy Schaff. I can be found on Twitter at the Suzy Schaff, T H E S U S I E S C H A A F, and on miasunwrote.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I am so sorry that this is um, a week later than it's supposed to be. Um, But sometimes uh, life is more important than football. Anyway, I look forward to chatting with you all after the Augsburg match. And uh, yeah, take care. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. Wir haben den Kampf gewonnen, den Tore kommen, der Eier hat's gemacht. Ich hab geträumt von dir.